Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Progressing through things the last several weeks and just sensing God stirring and doing some things. And we've been asking, seeking, knocking. We've been waiting on God. And uh, there, there's some things that I want to share today that will help equip us uh, as we're moving forward in our walk with the Lord. And when we're dealing and facing situations in our life, understanding that we have an enemy. Now, I know that's not something that people want to even sometimes talk about, and knowing, well, no, I just don't want to hear about that. I don't, I don't want to know that the, that the enemy exists. But, but I believe it's important for us to understand some things. And we don't focus on the enemy. We focus on God. But we need to be aware of the enemy and what his tactics are, yeah. as any good uh, army would do, any, any soldiers would do, any, they would study the enemy I understand okay these are their strategies so I want to talk and it probably carry over for a couple weeks but understanding uh, spiritual warfare a little bit understanding the strategies of, of Satan understanding the strategy of the devil when he's coming after us so we can recognize some things so that when we're under attack or there's challenges that we're faced with that we can pull some tools out of our bag that God has given us and we can use those when we're dealing with stuff because a lot of times we Things come at us, and we just don't recognize those things. And so uh, why is it that we need to understand? Well, several years ago, I, um, the house we lived on, a different, different area part of town, uh, had my car parked out front of the house. And I woke up the next morning and went out to get in my car to go to work, and my window was, was bashed in. And, uh, of course, your immediate, you know, you're, you, you just kind of, oh, I don't know if any of you have ever had your car broken into. I've had more than once. And it's just not a good feeling, is it? I mean, you, you kind of have this feeling of, man, I just got ripped off. So, so they stole something out of my car, broke up, and they actually, they actually tried to steal my car because they, they busted the, uh, anyway, the ignition. All they were trying to steal the car. Well, they maybe got spooked or whatever. <clears throat> and so, obviously, I, I called the, the police and, you know, did a report and did all those things. So I recognized <laughs> there was some, somebody out there not good who was trying to uh, do something that wasn't good against me. Not that they particularly had anything against me personally, but just being a, somebody that had something that maybe they were gonna, wanting to steal. So maybe think a little bit about how the enemy works because I could have uh, went out there and saw that my window was broken and that they tried to, to steal my car and I could have just said, no, that didn't happen. No, and if somebody walked by when I'm there and they walked by and said, oh, did somebody try break into your car? Nope, nobody, nobody broke into my car. Everything's good. It might look like it. No, no, I'm good. Sometimes we're that way when it comes to the enemy, when he comes after us. We're afraid to acknowledge 
yeah, he came after me. And, you know, sometimes we just build these things of like, well, if I can just deny or ignore, then, then the enemy won't exist because that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. That really isn't the case. And so in this, for me and for us, when things like this happen, what do we do? We take that as an opportunity to say, okay, how can I better shore up my chance of not this not happening to me again? We learn things through situations when the enemy comes after us, and maybe he does sneak in on it and, get, and do something, and we're, so we recognize, okay, the enemy came after. Now, what are the tools I have? What are the things that I can do to protect myself in the future? And so we, we're able to do that. That's why we have the Word of God that comes in this morning in the prayer time. There was a lot mentioned about His Word and the power of His Word. And one of the scriptures I'm reading today was actually read in, in, in the prayer time this morning. Lord, I pray that as we talk about these things, Lord, this is not something that we're to be fearful about, but something that we are to understand that all of the answers we need are in your word. All of the things to prepare us, to help us through when we're attacked by the enemy, when, when the enemy comes in, uh, we, we can see and recognize because we, we have... Uh, some knowledge, we have some wisdom and understanding of what your word says. So I just pray that we're able to apply that this morning as we walk through some of these uh, questions and some of these verses this morning. And I thank you for each person here, God, and those that uh, may not be here but maybe listen later. And I thank you, God, that you are putting words in us. So you're putting, giving, you're empowering us, Lord, to, to take authority over the enemy. Amen. And we we so appreciate that we have that, the ability to do that because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 James 4, 7, just kind of a, a, a jump off scripture here. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Now, that seems like a pretty simple thing, right? Okay, I humble myself, which isn't necessarily easy to do. Uh, resist the devil. Okay, I... I've done that before, resisted him, and he'll flee. Well, that scripture's in the Bible. Yes, it is, and it, it's a true scripture. But we need to add that to some other things that are in the word to help us in that process because we could be, become very frustrated if we say, God, I resisted the devil, and he didn't flee. So therefore, I'm giving up, or I don't believe that you are who you say you are. But the reality, he is, and there's more to it. I, there's this uh, part of our life that we submit to him, which is our entire life. We submit to him, right? We, we are submitted to him in everything in our life. There's a tendency for us is to hold on to something a little bit. Like, well, I'll, Lord, I'll let you have control of this and this and this. But this area, I think I'm pretty good at. And I think I'll manage this. I'm, I, I'm okay with this. But he's asking us, no, I want you to give it all to me. So in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 9, says this. So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. What's the right time? His time, isn't it? It's not our time, because our time, we would like to think, is right now. Right in the middle, when, when I need it. Right now. No, in the right time, which is his time, so it goes on, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. That's a challenge for us. Sometimes we'll say, God, I'm going to give you this, but then we, we turn around and we take some of it back. 
And we, we hold on to that because we feel like, well, but we understand he cares for us. Verse 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking, looking for someone to, what, devour. Yeah, isn't that what he's up to? Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. You're not the only one going through what you're going through. But you're part of a family of God. And we're part of being able to be there for each other. That's part of being a, a part of a local church. Is we come in and we're able to talk with each other, encourage each other, pray with each other. And, and say, I'm standing with you through this. Amen. So the Bible says to stay alert and watch out for the enemy. Okay, so that's Bible. We need to watch out for him. We need to be alert. We need to know what he's doing. We, need, we can't just deny that he exists because he, exi he does exist. If he didn't exist, we wouldn't need Jesus Christ to, to come and die on the cross for us. <laughs> but there's an enemy. We all have an enemy of our soul. We all have something, somebody that, that comes after us. We're to be vigilant. We're to be vigilant. And that means not be passive. Be vigilant. Watchful, stay alert. It's just like a, a, the father in his home. Yeah. He protects his home. He's vigilant. If somebody comes to the door and they look suspicious, he's not going to say, hey, come on in. You, my house is your house. No, you, you protect what, what's yours. You don't make yeah. silly decisions in that process. So because we have an enemy... Ephesians 6.11 says, and we'll read more about this farther in, but put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. We put it all on. Why do we need armor? If, if, if there's not an enemy, but there is an enemy, so we need armor. Well, why can't God just protect me? That's what he's for. He's supposed to be my protector, isn't he? Well, guess what? He's not our sugar daddy. He's not the one who's just going to all of a sudden, boom, arrive on scene and, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. What he's doing is he's creating character in us. He's creating uh, boldness. He's creating strength. He's cre creating a backbone in us so that we can, on our own, with his help, wearing all the armor he's told us to put on, because so many times we don't put that armor on, and we get into battle, and we just get wiped out. Why? Because we haven't been in the Word. We haven't done what the Word says. I know when I talk to people, and, and they'll tell me about a situation, I said, well, let's look at what the Word says. Well, have you done this? No, I haven't done that. Well, maybe there's a correlation between what's going on and not applying the Word. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to pound on people. I'm just saying that, that's just real life. That's, that's where we're at. That's where we live. Strategies. Strategies. That, the schemings of the devil. Yeah. He's scheming. Here's, here's the thing, though. There, he, he doesn't have, like, all of a sudden new ways to do something. Yeah. He's been doing the same thing from day one, yeah. and he's doing it now he comes as an angel of light, disguised as good, but he's evil. But if we know how to recognize it, if we know how to understand the strategies of the enemy, yeah. man, we have a huge advantage, right? Yeah. 
And we know that we have authority over him in that regard. But by the Holy Spirit's revelation, we need to find out what is, what is it that's blocking us from receiving the full uh, protection or the full blessing of what God has for us. The ultimate power really comes from the scripture, greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world. We need, to, we need to believe that scripture. Greater is he who is in me, who's in you, than he who's in the world, in those who don't have Christ. We got to buy into that. We have to believe that. There's nothing that we do in our life serving Jesus and pursuing him. There's nothing that we're doing that isn't hated by the enemy. He, he hates it all. When we're pursuing God, we're doing the work of God. When we're doing those things, he hates it. Don't feel like you have to do something. Because sometimes people are like, well, I'll tell you what. If I just do something to fly under the radar, he won't bother me. Well, it, it, it may be true that in some degree that if, if we're not doing anything for God, we're not pursuing God, and we're not out there doing what God's asked us and told us to do, maybe probably won't get hassled by him so much. Because he's like, hey, I'm going to leave them alone. They're not doing anything for God. I'm not going to rock the boat on them. So if there are things going on in your life and you're feeling the challenges and you're feeling the enemy come after you, chances are there's a great call of God in your life and either he's trying to keep you from pursuing it or you are pursuing it and he's coming after you. I mean, that he has all these different strategies, but we need to recognize those. <clears throat> we realize the enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Are any of those three things good? No, they're not. He has nothing good for us, but he loves to pretend that he has good for us. If you just give me a chance, I'll help you. No, that's not his heart. He's out to destroy we have to understand this, too. Satan can afflict us. He can try to oppress us. He can try to bring things against us, and he does. But understand, if we are believers and we're filled with the power of God, he can, the Satan cannot possess us. There's no room for light and dark in the same vessel. If we're children of God, if we're believers, the Holy Spirit lives in us. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit allowing, sliding over and allowing the enemy to come and reside next to him? No, I don't think so. He's like, get out. This is, but that doesn't mean things don't come from the outside. They're not going to come from the inside because the Holy Spirit lives in there. But there's outside things that come after us. We need to recognize, yes, because I've heard people say no, that, you know, that God takes care of everything. The enemy can't touch me. He can't. Ask Job. <laughs> Ask some of these people. Now, God, remember, God either allows or he initiates things in our life. And if you're going through something, God has allowed it. He could stop it, yes. And do we pray and ask him, God, please take this? Yes, we ask him that. But we have to realize, okay, maybe it's not his time yet. Maybe he, I'm learning something through this. Maybe it's to help somebody else down the road. We don't know. But we know that he is walking with us every step of the way wherever we're going. He is the, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the enemy 
has no room or no territory in our life. And he, he's not part of who we are. We have to know that we have authority over him. And I, I believe historically the church has been somewhat resistant and maybe a lot resistant to some of these things to like prayer, <laughs> which is probably the greatest tool the church has in a sense of the power that it can have is through prayer. And how many churches have eliminated that from their agenda because they've, they have to get their one-hour service in. And I'm not saying that's wrong or anything, but sometimes we just, where are we going to cut? First thing, a lot of times we cut prayer. In our personal life, we cut prayer, right? Because we're busy. So let's, not, let's be careful. We're, let's not be reluctant to do these things, to cut these things. Evangelism, uh, these things that we tend to, uh, expectations of signs, wonders, and miracles. These are things we need to expect. We need to believe for those. And, and we've been hesitant, and the church in America has been hesitant. Uh, and then what we're talking about, the willingness to confront the power of darkness. We, we have to be willing to go, you know what? We're going we're gonna to confront this thing. We're going to see this thing taken out. We're going to see him, the enemy defeated. And we're going to agree together as a body of Christ. Yeah. He's going down. Yeah. He has no place in our life. He has no place in the church. He doesn't belong here. He doesn't belong in your life. But you need to know what the word says yeah. that gives you the permission to do what you do. Because if you don't and he comes in, you're going to go, I don't know what to do. But that's why... The word of God is so important. That's why we study the word. That's why we read the word. Yeah. To find out what does it say? What are the things that <clears throat> can help me in my walk? Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Huh? I got one yes. One amen. Come on. The word of God is alive and powerful. Yeah, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. I don't, this is good, and I'm not the only one that should be saying amen to this, right? This is Bible. This is good stuff. The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Yeah. There's a lot said there. But Jesus Christ knows everything about us. He knows our makeup. He, he knows the most intimate things about us. And he has very accurate knowledge of, of who we are, of our sin, all the things that we go through, the hidden parts, our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions, all of those things. And he's be able to distinguish what is spiritual and what is maybe our human nature. So there's, there's things to distinguish between those, our soul and our spirit. What is spiritual? What is carnal? And, and so he comes in and he's able to do that with that two-edged sword. And it, and it comes in and it's, he's very good at that. It's living and active. The Word of God is living and it's active. And it judges our thoughts, our attitudes, all of those things that we have. And it helps in the process of successfully seeing the difference between what is spirit and what is human nature. Our soulish nature, um, and it just penetrates to, to, to divide soul and spirit. Here's the thing, uh, I was thinking about the children of Israel, and, re and the reason that so many of the children of Israel died off in wandering around for 40 years, because understand, they came out of Egypt, right? They were, God freed them from bondage in Egypt. Yeah. They, they were under bondage. Yeah. God said, hey, it's time, let's go. They all went, they followed the leader, and, and, and they went. But 
The reason they never made it, didn't go into the promised land, is because they never really gained freedom from the bondage of Egypt. They were taken out of Egypt, but in most cases, Egypt wasn't really taken out of them. So there's a transformation that has to happen in our life. Because when we accept Christ, something has to change, and it's just not a, a, a prayer that we pray. It's just not something that we're adding to our life. It's a radical change. A radical change didn't happen for them. They, they came out and they, and they began to believe that what they had, because the enemy was coming after them and they didn't recognize, they didn't have these tools, to the, the word of God to, to speak, even though Moses encouraged them and so forth. But they began to, they were so deceived by the enemy to believe that, that if they were being in bondage in Egypt was better than being free and, and free to move into the promised land. See, the enemy does that to us. He so tries to smokescreen us and fool us to think that whatever he has is better than what we have. Because we're going through a challenge and we're saying, God, how could this happen to me? How could you allow this? You're not a good God. How? You know, we have all of these things, but the enemy's at work hard, yeah. pounding at us, pounding at us. Yeah. That, that we're be able to be, we're, our mind is deceived enough to think that somehow it's better off wherever we were serving under the enemy, but not under the covering of God. And the enemy is tricky. He loves to trick and, and sneak. But he, he's been trying to do that for years. But I'm here to tell you we need to recognize those things. And we need to put a stop to it as Bible-believing, spirit-filled people that understand that he's a defeated foe, but we have to appropriate that. We have to appropriate that. <clears throat> the, the purpose for salvation for us is to take us out of that sin, the familiar sin that we used to know and we, we were in and so forth, and set us free yeah. so that we can be partakers of the inheritance that God has for us. But we stand one foot here, one foot here, and we're back and forth, back and forth. But we're really never to that place at times of being free. So we, we, we've got to make that full step and say, you know what? I'm leaving all the things behind. Behold, everything's become new. We're new creatures. We're new creations. And I'll, I'll read that scripture. Bondage it can exist and because of sin or, or, or it can be disobedience. There's things that can create bondage and it, and it can come through choices we make or think decisions we make or things that we allow in our life. Uh, it could be our forefathers. It could be things that have happened back in our history. If you look back in your life chain and say, man, I can see where there was a propensity for with my great-grandfather or my grandfather or my dad or whatever for, for whatever it could be. And so you have to be careful to watch out for it. You know what? That could come on my doorstep if I'm not careful to watch out for those things. So there's things that can come that can create, a, create potential bondage. But we, one thing we have to make sure is we're not giving place to the enemy to plant something there to say, oh, because my grandpa did that, then therefore I'm going to do that. No, come on. We're, we're a new creation. Right. We, we've been set free from those things. We need to step out of that. And move forward, yeah. not ignoring those things, 
Because, okay, I'm aware of that. Thank you, Lord. Now what does your word say? What does your word say? And a lot of our freedom really comes from the fact that we mature as Christians and we, we grow and we make better decisions, right? Because when the enemy comes at us, we're, we're able to make better decisions. It's instead of Saturday night, going out to the bar and getting drunk and then sleeping it off the next morning and saying, well, I'm, I'm too drunk to go to church, we start making decisions like, okay, I'm not going to go out to the bar Saturday night so I can be fresh for church on Sunday. I'm just saying, you know, these are start, starting points for, for us. But if we never make those good decisions, we, never, we can never really push through and we can never get that yeah. true freedom we're looking for. Yeah. And so we begin to make decisions in our life that are based on what's God's plan for my life? Yeah. What, what, where is he leading me? Where is he taking us? Where is he taking us as a church? And so there, it's part of a decision-making process. It's part of maturing. It's part of growing. <laughs> the reality is when we're pursuing God and we're going after him wholeheartedly, the enemy is not going to go quiet. He's not going to come in and say, oh, hmm, yeah. They're serious about God, so I'm going to go off on some island somewhere and sit in a lounge chair. And no, he—it would be nice, but that he doesn't just give up and do that. He—he—he's yeah. not going to say, "Well, feel sorry for himself because last night Pastor Steve was in the grocery store and uh, he." I, I, I was trying to influence him because he was down. He was having a hard day, a hard week, and he walked by the beer aisle. And he, and, and but he resisted to grab that six pack that I kept trying to tell him, "You need that. You need that." But he didn't do it. No, boo hoo. I'm just gonna go sulk somewhere. You know, he beat me. He, you know, the enemy's not just this wimpy little whatever. Oh, my feelings are hurt because no. Okay, he'll go, okay, well, I'll try something else or whatever. But at some point, he does recognize, man, it takes a lot to try to get that person, that person that loves Christ, that person that's pursuing God, it's taken, it's taken everything I've got. All of my cronies are having to come in. Man, we can't rock him because he keeps maturing and he keeps growing in this area. He keeps, he's, being be he's getting better in this. I don't like... What in the world? He's reading his Bible every day. He's praying every day. This is getting out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to hear the enemy all frustrated and, and saying those things uh, about me and about you. It's like, man, I can't get to them. They, they've, they've shored up. They, they, they've actually taken what God says as real. Yeah. And they're doing what the Bible says. Oh, we've got a problem on our hands. <laughs> yeah. The fact is that when you're pursuing God, Satan is pursuing you. Yeah. You need to know that. He's pursuing you. The enemy is coming after us. But don't be fearful. Remember, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, a love, power, and a sound mind. Right? And, our, and we, we need to recognize that, understand that. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times... Some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons or the demonic or from, from Satan. Wow. How does that happen? 
Well, we're in the last times. I I believe that. But there's going to be some people who are going to turn away from their faith because the enemy is going to be able to get to them. We're reading that right now. You're reading that right now. You need to recognize there needs to be something to go, you know what? I'm going to refuse to let the enemy do that to me. So therefore, I'm going to put these things in place. You think about this. What just happened, I don't know, a week ago, whatever it was, and I, I it, catching the headlines on the news and saw, oh, okay, back in West Virginia. So there is a shooting, all right? And you probably saw this. So this man shoots his, and kills his wife, his stepdaughter, and her boyfriend on Thanksgiving Day right at their house. Well, this man happened to be a youth pastor in a church. And you think, how in the world could the enemy? Because that day, from my understanding what I read, he was serving in his church, serving Thanksgiving meals to people in the community as a youth pastor, as, as a representative of God, but goes home and somehow something triggers to cause him to kill three people. Okay, is the enemy real? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I didn't realize this till we were sitting in my parents' uh, house, uh, meeting with our intercessors, that the young man that was shot and killed is my parents' neighbor's son. And Julie, if I'm right, was the dad and mom, or the dad was a teacher at Tenino High School. They're, they're local people in our community. Devastation because of the enemy. Now, do we blame God? No, we can't. Because when God started off mankind, he said, you know what? I'm not going to be up here controlling people. They're not, people aren't puppets. He's given, he's given man a free will, a will to choose, right? So I'm not going to control people's lives. Therefore, people make bad decisions. They do. They make bad decisions. Do we, do we seek God and pray, God, you know? Yes. But I think things like this, not only are they very painful, obviously, and you think about them, you think, okay, God, how do I make sure that I'm not? Because sometimes our pride gets in the way. It's like, that would never happen to me. That, would ha- that wouldn't happen to anybody I know. I, from what I read, everybody said, this is a great guy. This is a great guy in the church. So what, what is going on that the enemy is doing? He, he is working hard. He is working hard. We need to recognize that. And I'm standing here today to remind us, be aware of the schemes of the enemy. If you have family, you have a husband, wife, you've got kids, whatever, make sure you're praying together. Make sure you're talking together. Make sure you're saying, man, I'm struggling in this area. Whatever you're having a challenge with, Seek God like never before. Go to the Word and say, "Man, this is going on all over our na- all over the world. We're seeing this. It's it's it, every day where people are doing things that are evil. We need to recognize the enemy and his tactics. We're gonna I don't go through a couple more scriptures, but we're gonna keep going next week. So, <clears throat> but I want us to to look at Ephesians six ten through thirteen. I mentioned verse eleven earlier. <clears throat> a final word, be strong in the Lord and in 
his mighty power. Okay, come on. we got to be looking at these scriptures. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not our power. His power. Because we don't have power in ourselves. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. All strategies. Because if we put on the, all of the armor, for one, we can't leave part of it off. All of it. Belt of truth, breastplate, salvation. We got the, the uh, of right, uh, breastplate of righteousness, the, feet, the shoes of peace, gospel of peace. We have the uh, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. We have all of this stuff. Thank you for helping me. I knew all, I know all this stuff, but just, you know how it goes. There's an order to it, and I understand that. There's probably, if you study it, there's probably a biblical order to that. But understand, if we put all of it on, if we have all of it on, because guess what? We're not fighting against each other. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not about the person sitting next to you. They're, they're not out to get you. Don't hate the person in the community that's doing something you don't like. Guess what? There's, a, there's some evil spirits that are uh, coming out, people. It says, against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Yeah. Therefore, when we see the word therefore, my dad always said, let's find out what it's there for. <laughs> therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you can still, st still be standing firm. Because yeah. the enemy's been able to too many people. Yeah. And we need to say enough is enough. Yeah. Let's start applying the word of God to our life. Let's start putting on the armor of God. If you need to every morning you wake up and you need to physically go get your Bible and read that, or if you, if you can tell yourself from memory, do it. Do it. Start doing it. Start taking the word. Put little cards if you need to on your mirror in the bathroom to write out the scripture. Write out something so that you're, you're looking at this and you're saying, this is what I'm going to be doing because the enemy has no authority in my house. We've, most all of us have experienced the enemy coming and, and robbing us in some way, shape, or form. We've, we've had it happen. We, we understand. Most of us here understand seeing the enemy come and take something that doesn't rightly, rightfully belong to, to him. But then what do we do? We need to place things in our life, in our homes, that are going to protect. The one thing, when we were going through some challenges a few years back, and the one thing God spoke to me, because here, when things happen to us, we tend to go into a pity party. We tend to have our, our pride gets in the way, too. There's just a lot of things that can block things from coming our way. And I just felt like in humbling myself before the Lord, and he just said, Steve, you have allowed holes in your wall, in your protection. And I'm pointing out to you, Steve, what those are. Not to hammer you, not to give you feel bad for yourself or be defeated, but to say, to recognize this is what's going on. Now, he says, now I'm going to give you the tools to plug those holes. Yeah. And he said, you and your wife must have personal intercessors. Man, I'm telling you what. And yes, God. 
Because I'm thinking, yeah, there's people, there's intercessors, and there's people in the church praying. What's that about? No. I'm serious with you, Steve. You got to get, you got to get some personal intercessors, people that you trust, people that can pour into your life that you can talk to, and, and they will pray for you. They will pray with you. They're praying for the church. They're praying for everything. Yes, Lord. We've been faithfully doing that ever since. And I'm telling you what, I can't, has everything stopped as far as the enemy? Well, it sure settled down a lot, but I can't tell you for sure because guess what? Probably a lot of things that would have been meant to destroy us or destroy the church, the enemy has been stopped at the gate because of intercessory prayer, intercessory, warriors in the church praying. We, we don't know all the things. You don't know all the things that God has on your behalf spared you from. You don't know. Now, you're being attacked on things right now, and you're understanding, oh, well, there's these, this and that. But realize, it, whatever you need to, when you go to God and say, God, what is it that I need to put in place? What, what added value can, needs to be there for me? Whatever he tells you, you do it. Yeah. And, and if it's writing scriptures out, if it's, you know, if it's getting, going to somebody and say, hey, would you pray for me every day? I need prayer. Yeah. It's okay to humble ourselves. We don't. Our pride, we need to put it down. We need to, we need, it, the two scriptures I read earlier, humble yourself, humble yourself. That's hard for us. It's hard, especially for men. Humble yourself. Go, you know, because that, that, that's part of who Jesus was. He came in humility. If there was any pride, there wasn't, because it was broken at the cross. I mean, he came and he gave his life for us. We need to humble ourselves and say, that, yes, Lord, if you're telling me this, I need to do this. We have definite advantage over Satan because God has given us the key to victory, and that is his word. Yeah. I can't say it enough. His word. His word. A lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It doesn't say that it's going to shine it way down and show us all the things in the future, what we're going to come against, but where we need it. In our path, at our feet, in our path and in front of us. If you go out in the pitch dark and you try to find your way, but you can turn, if when you, once you turn a flashlight on, well, there's some that are really powerful, but at least you're able to see in front of you. But that's, he does, he lights it up just enough for us to keep depending on him because if we get to be where we're back to our pride again, thinking, oh, I can do this now, and all of a sudden we stop reading his word, we stop praying, we stop seeking him, we stop asking for intercessory prayer. I have to be careful in, because in, in some degrees, I feel there's a security in knowing that I'm always in a place where I have to depend. That, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Because if I get, out, if I get to where things are too good, in my human nature... I'm not going to pursue as much as I'm pursuing when I'm under the gun a little bit. So some, I, I think it's okay. I'm not saying that's the best place to be, but I think it's, in, in some sense, it's, it's, it's good for us. Health, it's a healthy tension that we have. Okay, and thank you, dear, for helping me with that. I'm going to stop there this morning. I've already gone a little bit over my time. I asked if the worship team would come. But we're going to continue this next week because I have quite a bit of things in probably the next week, that just to help equip us. Let me ask you a question this morning. 
And I know a lot of you have heard these scriptures and you, you, you know what I'm saying. But this morning, how many of you feel like, yeah, I, I needed to hear this today. I needed this. To, yeah, so a good number of you today. Because we need to be reminded of who God is. And guess what? We, need, we need to remind the devil of who he is. He's a loser. He's a liar. He's defeated. He was defeated at the cross. We have authority over him. We do. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 